Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Blizzard Comedy Profiles. We are today joined by the stalwart of the Manchester comedy scene and indeed face of Blizzard Comedy, the wonderful Tony Buznet of Trapdoor Comedy fame. Uh, this was a fun chat as they all were. I'm not going to ramble too much beforehand because uh, you, I mean, you'll get the context from listening to the actual thing. But just a quick reminder that these were recorded in 2020, so some of these, uh, some of the things make reference to may be a little bit outdated. I have edited out the most egregious references to things that were at the time current events but are now events in the past and aren't particularly relevant um but yeah just uh, so just just so you're aware in context this was taken uh, a little while ago uh maybe some of his opinions have changed uh we chat about quite a few things uh including the, like, the most interesting bits i found i think were when we were talking about um kind of learning how to do crowd work properly that's something that's really interested me as someone who has never really done crowd work but has become a lot more confident in that kind of interaction since doing more stuff online particularly Twitch streaming and that kind of stuff. Um, also talk about uh, running your own nights and um, just general like uh, progressing from a uh, an interesting bit about how how uh, your standards for your own comedy um, increase the better you get. So it often feels like you're stagnating or sometimes getting worse when you're objectively not just because uh, you think you you have much lower. Uh, 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 ambitions of yourself and standards of yourself um <laughs> younger but yeah anyway enough of that uh you'll hear all this when you listen to the show so i will stop rambling now uh thank you very much enjoy tony Buznet. yeah first things first um when did you first discover stand-up not necessarily as a performer yourself but just as something that you enjoyed so i think i've watched it for like since i was a kid like yeah. things like only jasper Carra, i used to love Mm. Um, and it's just that storytelling. Like Billy Connolly, I sat and watched for hours um, to age it. I can remember downloading Jasper Carrot clips from LimeWire and Kazaa. Oh, fucking hell. So, yeah. <laughs> like, Immediately but, ages you to watch <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, from a while back, just downloading clips and really getting into it. Okay, yeah, valid. So, was. Uh, what, 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 what was there any particular kind of clip or set that really sticks out that kind of like the moment you kind of fell in love with it kind of thing or does it all blur into one? So there's either the insurance claims, the Australian insurance claims by Jasper Carrot, which is still one of the silliest bits. Yeah. Or I can remember when I was younger, lying in bed, cry at Lee Mac, just crying, laughing at Lee Mac doing his live at the Apollo. Um, is one of the first times I can remember actively crying, laughing. Oh god, yeah, yeah, no, Lee Max, brilliant. What do, do you remember what, what he did at Live of the Apollo? Because I've seen all his DVDs, but I don't remember his Live of the Apollo set. Was that like before? Yeah, I think it's before the first DVD. So there's just right. bits of like bits yeah. of that first DVD, but having never seen it, it's just mind blowing. Oh, it absolutely is. Yes, he's he's such a. He's incredibly quick-witted uh, performer, and yeah, it's just like that DVD. Even that, like a lot of DVDs, I used to really enjoy watching when I was younger. I still kind of keep because I have that connection. But like, I, I know them well enough. I can't watch them anymore. But like, Lee Max, Lee Max first two DVDs, I can watch over and over again. I know all the jokes, and it's still like the, well, some of the best stand-up I've ever seen. Yeah, just what we're going to do. We're all going to sit here for about an hour and a half, and I'm going to make you all laugh, and that's just how it's going to go. Nothing yeah, else. Yeah. I'm just going to make you laugh. <laughs> like, there is no poignant message. There's nothing to take home, but we'll have fun in the process. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned Billy Colony there. I find I find that particularly interesting because yeah, I, you as a certainly from what I've seen as an actor, like, you do very much. You've kind of adopted that kind of uh, anecdotal kind of storytelling vibe. Was um, was that always what you were like when you, when since you started performing, uh, or did you try something else when you started? Uh, when I first started, I feel yeah. like I did what many people who just started did of going, oh, I'm going to be really edgy and offensive. And <laughs> what I meant was, I'm going to be really unfunny for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be really unfunny and also annoy everyone here. Yeah, absolutely. But I was, I was 18, I think, 17. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I've got this. I can go and be the funniest person. It's like, no, no, I can't. No one cares <laughs> about a 17-year-old. Just try to offend people because... You need to be funny first. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, what, what, when did you, what, what, what kind of drove you to actually start performing yourself? What did you have like mates who were already doing it, or uh, what, what happened there? I think one of my friends at college told me I should do it. Right. And I was the kind of person that would just go, yeah, all right. <laughs> and 
and then another friend of ours drove us to Newcastle. Uh, right, okay. An hour away for an open mic night. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. Was that so, the nearest one to you? Or? I mean, it was the nearest one I could find. Yeah. I, I had no idea what I was doing or what I was looking for, and Long Live Comedy was there. Someone pointed me in the direction of that, and I was like, cool, let's go there. <laughs> and um, I died on my ass for 10 minutes. Oh, wow, okay. Oh. <laughs> I was yeah, just like oh, I can be shocking. It's like no, you can't even be funny. You should you shouldn't do this again. Uh, so I didn't for about a month, and then I went back, and I think I got like one laugh. And I was like, yeah, that'll do. I can build on that. <laughs> did you just sort of like get one extra laugh at, at each each uh, gig you did until like you finally managed to 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 get to like a full set of laughs? laughs. <laughs> I don't even think it was a really good laugh. I think it was just someone going, oh, if I don't laugh, he will cry. <laughs> I, it's, I, I don't know if you found this, but it's like, certainly in my early gigs, they, like, I would, yeah, you, 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 you do cling to like those, like any kind of audience reaction at all, you just take that as a win. Whereas now, like, unless I'm getting like a standing ovation after every joke, I'm like, oh, I died on my ass at that gig. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, unless they are singing my name as I walk off. <laughs> yeah. Now, how was it? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I, I I do I do this really nerdy thing of of keeping a spreadsheet record of all of my gigs and like I will I'll kind of like 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 sort of rank them by sort of like which ones I think I I I smashed which ones I died at which ones were okay and looking at it it looks like I was much better when I started because the amount of gigs that I, that I, I smashed were much higher but I realised my standards were just much lower for myself so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's one of them that you've not seen, especially when you just start. I, I hadn't seen comedy before I started, really. Yeah. Um, I think I was running a comedy night, but I hadn't... Oh, no, it might have been just after I started running a gig. So yeah. I did my first gig without going to a live comedy show, I think. Okay, right, yeah. So it's just like, I'd seen it on TV. That looks like fun. My mate said that I should try it. My other mate's got a car. And because yeah. I have seen anyone... I just assumed that the big laughs the big name comedians got on telly. They, oh, that's just what it sounds like in person. Just sounds yeah. like just sounds like that lady there laughing once in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's, it's it's such a weird. Yeah, I, I agree. If, if you if you don't if you haven't seen any live comedy before, I, it's it's really jarring experience. The, the, not even the first time performing, the first time going to see live comedy. How different it is from from everything you see on TV. And yeah. like trying to emulate TV comedians like, in in an open mic night uh, when like half the audience don't want to be there is just is never going to work. I know, and you stood you stood there going, "Let me tell you all of this," and they're like, "I don't I don't care." Like, <laughs> no, no, you've not seen it. You're, we pan to you now, and you're applauding. You're having a lovely time. Everything's yeah. incredible. Surely that's how this works, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, just everyone is obliged to laugh at the end of every sentence. Like, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a full stop there. Gonna, you yeah, are no. the punctuation. <laughs> like, no, what's actually going to happen is uh, we've come here with him, and it's the third time he's dragged us here, and we don't like him anymore, or comedy, <laughs> or or anyone else. We will we will applaud our friend who's brought us here. And as soon as they finish their set, we all leave. That's, yeah. that's, that's how comedy works, really. <laughs> and, 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 and then we never speak to him again. <laughs> Until there's so a competition we... when we all come with him and ensure he wins. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, fucking pricks. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I've been part of that audience before, so I can't be that... <laughs> yeah, I can't be that shitty about it, but, but I will... Um, so, um, so well, yeah. Well, when would you say is like the first gig that you were kind of like actually proud of? You're like, you know what? That was a, that was like overall a good a, um, a good set, and this is kind of it sort of give you the hope that the point where you're happy with 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 where, where you were as a comedian, uh, at, at least in those like early days. Uh, I don't really know because it it took me ages to get anywhere near good at it. Yeah, I, I was dreadful. For a long time, like, I should have given up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm um, going to say, actually, yeah, you're, you're the first person I've spoken to who who has not had a good first gig and has still carried on. That's that's the only testament. <laughs> <laughs> so just, uh, how, no, no. just how little you care about everyone else's feelings. Just like... I, I, if I don't do it, I suffer. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. I think 
I used to do all right at like student gigs and stuff because I was. It was yeah. easy. Oh, these yeah. are my people. Let's... Yeah, yeah. But I think the first one where I actually felt like I was any good will have been Seven Arts Centre for Silky outside of Leeds. Okay, uh, yeah. It was after he had done a couple of gigs for him, and he's got he's got grown-ups in his audience. And the first couple of gigs I'd done for him, it's like, oh, they're adults. They don't they don't care what I've got to say about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> uh, they've got jobs I, and lives. And... <laughs> I do not understand this as a concept. I've never been to, <laughs> never performed to an audience I've liked who didn't want to hear someone talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, it's just, I'd, I'd worked... I just worked harder at being like, okay, so stop just being, and not stop being a child, but at least be a child in a grown-up way, kind of. Yeah. Be a child that they can get on board with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so oh, go on, sorry. So I think when they went with it, it was like, oh, okay, that's, that's fun, I like this. Yeah, so with the stuff that you were performing for that gig, was that stuff that you'd written before and kind of adapted to them, or was it completely new stuff? I think it was just older stuff that had been changed a bit. Okay, yeah. So I just want to explore a bit about your kind of initial kind of writing process. So we'll, we'll go back to, like, uh, okay, the, the the first kind of, like, few gigs you, you did that were... Um, that were like good enough to be classified as uh, gigs. Um, yeah. The 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 sets for them. So like you said, you um, that like one of your mates said that you should uh, try stand up. Did you kind of write stuff for that first gig, or did you kind of go in uh, go in blind with like a vague idea of what you were going to say? Uh, yeah. How, how how did you you approach that? Uh, I had some jokes that like I think I wrote, but if you look back on them, I imagine I didn't. Yeah, no, I feel that, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, uh, there's a high chance that these jokes, I mean, one of them, I, uh, I cut a joke out of my set because another act on the bill did it. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, anyway, I've not seen him do it, I've never seen live comedy, but I think we've both heard someone else do it. Yeah, and then just forgotten. <laughs> yeah, or we've both yeah. read it on a website and gone, oh, I'll try that. Sniff yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. But I think it's just... I got to the point of being like, well, this has happened and it's quite funny, so I'll just tell you this instead. Yeah. So I just, I think it just changed quite quickly. And uh, actually, I'll just do stories because I don't need to make anything up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. as much. Yeah, um, no, I've got you. Yeah. I'm quite bad with. I'm quite bad with structuring things, so the idea of being able to just go, well, this definitely happened, so that's definitely how it ends, is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that you're bad at structuring things, but like, one of the things I pick up on you, um, particularly when you're doing, in fact, even, even when you're comparing as well, like, you, 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 you're, you're, you just naturally have that kind of rhythm and, and, and structure to, to all the bits. You say that like they've got a very defined sort of narrative to them. I suppose, I suppose if they are real stories, that's how that's how events work. But it's just, it, it's really interesting to me because, like, you are someone who I would definitely describe as having a really good uh, set structure and, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know because I, like, I think the stories are, I don't think I am. I think... Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much, I, especially, like, if I do new stuff, you will see me with a pad of paper that goes, this is here, this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end. And yeah. You know. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> I think this will be funny at some point in there. Get it in, see how you do. So like, it's, it's less about it initially being structured and just slowly over time working out what's funny in it. Okay, <laughs> just, right, yeah. And then like, okay. you kind of develop a kind of muscle memory for it and then that's... Yeah, just keep the funny bits, get rid of the bits that aren't, and that'll do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely valid. So, <laughs> with, the, with the, I'm assuming you were someone who was quite socially funny, at least within your own kind of circle, um, given that, like, your mate was telling you uh, to do stand-up. Was, um, so, have you always been uh, a good storyteller, like anecdotes, uh, no. even before stand-up? No, no okay. not really. Um, I honestly think he was telling me that, too, um, because I th I think it was one of those where it's like, oh, I'd say something and think I was being funny. And I think he told me to go on stage to stop me doing that. You go on stage, by which he means, ah, we don't agree. Go on stage <laughs> and you <he'll> learn. 
Oh, he wants to keep himself now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, every time I need to stay on his couch, he is annoyed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's back. <laughs> that time backfired. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just really, I'm really interested because I'm someone who, who can't tell anecdotes at all. I like even if something legitimately funny has happened to me, I will somehow butcher it in telling everyone about it. So I'm just wondering how 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 long it took you to kind of learn how to how to do that, or did it come fairly naturally once you've decided that's what you were doing? Um, it it still hasn't. There's still times where I will go out and butcher a story. Like, yeah, it is just to the point where I've got the idea of the story and I will just tell it repeatedly until it's funny. Okay, right, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, there should be some kind of... Uh, there should be a better writing process than that. There should. There really <laughs> should. <laughs> but I am going to tell it to people until they're laughing, and I won't change it. <laughs> cool, got it. That'll do. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. So with, with your anecdotes, um, like say just like your average kind of uh, sort of bit that you write um, that is a story, How uh, to what extent... Are they true, and how much do you embarrass them, um, or is it like a case by case kind of thing? Yeah, they normally start real. Um, yeah. It's, I think, it normally it's. So this happened. How do I sometimes take the edge off what actually happened to make it a bit lighter? Uh, yeah. Because I did have one story that there's an old one that I used to do that I had to change because audiences didn't believe what actually happened, so I had okay. to change it to something a bit nicer in a way like it's just no no this this is something that you could believe would happen if you see me do i don't know how to phrase this um yeah about 50 percent yeah so so like it kind of it, it all starts from real things that happen to you and like the kind of general way the story progresses is the same but like you may like like uh embellish a punchline a little bit kind of thing or like add a few or like, do, do, do you do a thing where, where like something funny happened in a different scenario that would work really well within that narrative and like put that in? You know what, now I've thought back on it, I might have been optimistic with, 10, with 50%. It may be 10%. <laughs> 10%. Yeah. Mm. Right, so, um, I got arrested, nearly got arrested uh, a couple of months ago. I, I was trying to have fun messing about me and a couple of my friends. We were in your... That's it, right. We would... We were essentially stealing things from outside of pubs. We weren't trying to be lads, lads, lads. We just got a little bit... I know we're not trying to be lads, 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 because I, I know I'm not, because I... Uh, I'm, you know when rappers say balling in songs? Until about six months ago, I thought they were talking about crying. We just got overexcited, and it's not like we're not stealing traffic cones, we're not stealing like signs or anything. We had a bit of class, like my friend Mike, I saw him take, uh, he took a hanging basket from outside of a pub and he went, for me Auntie June for Christmas. <laughs> right, it was February, he had no fucking excuse for that. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen. He picked up a dog bowl for water from outside of a pub, and I was like, mate, you can't do that, that's for dogs. And he went, no, but it's empty. <laughs> Imagine how disappointed you'd be as a thirsty dog if you saw a bowl and went, what a day, and it was empty. <laughs> Couldn't call his logic, we took the dog bowl. We stumbled, we got overexcited, we were wandering back to where we were staying, and as soon as a police car come back late, we took about nine things. I <laughs> <laughs> saw so this police car come, come past with like, the lights on and everything, and the exact phrase we all used was, Oh, someone's in trouble. <laughs> it was us. <laughs> the police car pulled up, the officer wound down his window, leant out of his window and went, Excuse me, lads. What are you up to? My friend Josh, quick as a flash, looked at the stuff we had and went, Tombola? Incredible. Fastest <laughs> I've ever seen someone fucking shoot that out. <laughs> now, the only way I can describe it is what happened next. Like, the officer was like, right, you lads need to put that back. Otherwise, I'm going to have to arrest you. It may end in a caution, but you've got to put it back. And me, somehow, with the drunken confidence of Donald Trump on fucking Twitter, <laughs> just looked at him and went, Excuse me, sir. We are guests in your fine city, and we realise we may have made a mistake. <laughs> the items that we have taken are from a long trail around your city. <laughs> 
and it would take us a long time to retreat to return them. <laughs> Is there any chance of a lift? <laughs> Fair play to him, right? And the officer, I don't know if he just had a quiet night or if he was a good man or whatever. He said, yeah, get in. We got in the back of the car, the door closed. I thought, might have made a mistake. <laughs> I started panicking. I started panicking quite a lot as the officer went, so what have you been up to tonight, lads? And my response was, don't answer that! That's fucking entrapment! <laughs> excited with it. Uh, we started setting off, we were putting things back. My friend Josh went, oh, I hope he doesn't find out about that broken window. Now. <laughs> I know it sounds like I've just been telling you all the nice little trinkets we've stolen along the way and a broken window is something I should have brought up. And I mean, if we'd have done it, I'd have brought it up. <laughs> we fucking hadn't. Josh just thought in the back of a police car is the time to start inventing crimes. <laughs> Just waiting for Mike to start joining in, going, yeah, I hope they don't find that homeless man we kicked to death. Like, guys, leave it, right? <laughs> we put all the things back and it took ages. The officer, we put the last thing back and he just turned and he's like, right, I hope you behave yourselves now. And I was like, oh, wait. Officer? <laughs> we are very far away from where you left us. <laughs> Is there any chance? We could get a lift back. Now, <laughs> uh, this is the point where I realised that the police officer might have just have been bored. Because <laughs> he said, yes, as long as one of you is okay joining in with my game. <laughs> Which sober me realises sounds a lot more terrifying than drunk me did. <laughs> But it was all fine. Essentially what happened is me and Josh sat at the side of the road whilst we watched my friend Mike in the back of a police car pull up to a McDonald's drive-thru in handcuffs in the back seat with the window down, look at the person behind the counter and go, Can I have a milkshake or he'll kill me? <laughs> Uh, one of the stories I did at Blizzard last, um, the one about yeah. the police car in York. Yes. Um, I was in York. Okay. That's how much of that's true. Is that, <laughs> Is that really the only bit that's true? Because you, you sell that so well that I'm, I'm, I'm convinced you've, you've told me that in a social <laughs> setting before, as the I, uh, actual story. Um, I think... I think me and some friends did take some signs, and I think we were asked to put them back. But that is, <laughs> as, but that is as far as it got. Uh, that's, and then it's everything else. I shall make up as we go along. Because <laughs> it's really, I mean, like it's it, it's it's all ridiculous, but but it's all you, you you said it really well. It's all very believable. Like when whenever I've tried to tell anecdotes that even slightly deviate from how it happened, I just I, in the back of my head, I'm always I'm always like they can tell that I'm bullshitting. Like that's, which no, doesn't doesn't necessarily matter if the story's funny enough. But I just I, I, I can never I can never set it that well. So uh, how how long did it did it take for, for, from the conception of that story to a point where like was it instantly well rounded and kind of sorted or like how long did that develop? Um, I think it took me three attempts to work out how to end it. Right. Um, and there's, I still, there's still bits in it that I'm tweaking and changing. Just making yeah. sure that it, it just needs a gag here. It needs picking up a bit. It just needs the pace changing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I still don't think that bit's finished. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, it's but one of them where it's, it's all right. It could just yeah. be funnier. Yeah. How, um, how many bits have you got that that you would say are like completely finished? Like I'd, I'd never touch that again. I've, I've like to develop it, like, if, if, if any. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, I'm, I know the, what I'd done in Edinburgh last year, there's no real point changing again with going to Edinburgh this year. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> next yeah. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, if there's something funny comes up and it'll work, I'll stick it in, but there's no right, point. Yeah. No point just going over it and over it when you want new stuff instead of constantly changing little bits in the old stuff. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, so, so like the kind of writing process 
between doing your uh, regular club sets and your hour show? How 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 different are they? Did you like? Yeah, just uh, tell us a bit about that. Um, it's just more of it. Okay, so it's the same but more. Oh. Um, I think so. I think. Mean, I think I really. Again, uh, like my main thing I will always struggle with is how do I end this story? Right. Uh, so I can remember sitting there um, on, I think it was day two of the Fringe without an ending. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um, and by the end of, I think by the end of the run I had a decent show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I can remember it, I can build it up, it's like this is where we're going, this is where we're going, how how do we finish this show? How do, and it, because because with my style it's just it was essentially a this is what happened in the last year i'll tell you the story yeah so it fed quite nicely i didn't need any clever links because it's just like oh then this happened yeah <laughs> it really took having an awful year the year before really took the stress off the narrative of <laughs> I suppose yeah. When 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 you've already got the, the the theme and the narrative, it's just it's just about okay. How do I put jokes in this? Uh, I suppose that must be easier than just like trying to come up with an entirely new concept. Um, yeah, I mean, I could have done something clever, and I mean, I tried not. I did try not to just write another. Oh, I've had a breakup. Oh, I've moved out. I tried not to do that show. Yeah. I essentially, just spent an hour. Try. It was essentially an hour of me trying to get my cat back through musicals in the end. <laughs> so yeah. Was that what, 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 was that a conscious dis- creative decision you made, or did that just kind of happen? Um, I think I heard. I listened to one song that I, uh, from a musical that made me laugh. Just one line, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be really funny in a show." And I was yeah. Like, It'd be really funny in a show about last year. And then I just ended up listening to musicals for about six months, constantly just listening for individual lines that I could pluck out and stick in the show. And reviewers hated it. They (laughs) really did. Um, But it tickled me every day. (laughs) Until you've... Some audiences liked it, some didn't. And I was all right. Yeah. I imagine that's generally a universal experience in Edinburgh, particularly for a first show. Yeah, I mean, the idea of... So there's a bit where I was meant to do... Well, where the time warp played. And right. the sound tech was trying to get me to join in. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It did make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't questioning it, carry on. <laughs> well, the one show that I did to five Scottish men who hated me, they, <laughs> they stared through my soul for 48 minutes. And just as it was about to be the cue for that song, I can just remember doing the lead-up line and then shouting to my tech line, not today, and continuing straight past it. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. Keep going. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so I'm going to change the subject a little bit. So I want to talk a bit about when you started running your own nights, because you've been running them for quite a while, haven't you, even before, like... Uh, the the, uh, the ones you're running now. Well, thirteen years, I think I'm at now. Yeah. So, like, compared to well, how 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 long since you started stand up? Um, I think it's about the same. Yeah. Um, I think I can't remember if I ran a trapdoor show before I started doing comedy or not, but I can remember I didn't go to the first gig I ran. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so what you just did, like the booking and the the kind of uh, promo stuff for it, and then. Yeah, like had, and had someone um, else comparing and teching and all that. I mean, to be fair, I was supposed to be comparing and I was supposed to be teching, uh, <laughs> but then my mate's band were playing with Napalm Death in in Glasgow, which is valid. Yeah, that's so, um, so I went to that. <laughs> <laughs> did you arrange replacements or did you just? I think so, but again, <laughs> as I'd been about seventeen, so yeah. I was just just doing what I could. Yeah, all right, but we've not got uh, someone. I'll do it. If they don't, yeah. well, we'll deal with it. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my first show that I ran in Hartlepool. The, yeah. It was a lot of fun. It got out of hand at points, but, I mean... Yeah, so, like, on, on brand with, 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 with uh, what it is now. Um, yeah, a certain aspect of my shows haven't changed. <laughs> yeah. So, what, 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 what kind of drove you to, to start your own night initially? Was it... I wanted to Was watch. it simply a way to kind of get stage time, or...? No, at first I didn't MC it. I just literally wanted to watch comics. Okay, um, yeah. There was a pub local to me that were willing to pay me to put them on, so 
they paid for the acts. Me and my friend. Oh, nice. Me and my friend lost a bit of money on it at first, and then the bre- yeah. then the pub decided they'd give us a budget. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah, and then it was yeah, it was fun. Mate. I mean, we did. I think it was a Saturday night in Hartlepool. Yeah, a hundred room above a pub, where it was oh, a quid a pint. Oh, nice one. The dream. <laughs> Mm. I mean, downstairs in that pub on a Saturday night could be a little bit rough. Right. Um, but it, you'd just see comics come through the door and be like, where am I? And then come upstairs and be like, oh, okay, this isn't the worst. <laughs> so what, 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 was, what's the, what was the comedy... Like, were, were there any other clubs around the area? Or was that kind of the first one uh, um, that, that you know of? So Warren Speed had one over the road. Okay. Um, directly over the road as well. I didn't really know a lot about comedy, didn't know the rules about it, but I did get right. in touch with him and ask. I was like, okay. I'm sure it's different weeks, hey, you're charging, yeah. I'm charging three quid. We're getting very different crowds. Yeah. All right. Um, Peter Vincent has all of Middlesbrough stocks and everything. Uh, when he got Hartlepool Town Hall again, he pulled me all, he pulled me at one side and was like, I've been offered this, um, we're going to be running it. Is that all right, mate? It was a, is that all right? And I will ensure that we can help boost your numbers if and when needed, and we'll help you out with what we can. But it was a kind of, hey, I'm running it, but this is just a nice heads up, and we'll help you out if we can in any way. So that was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's the thing I really like about, uh, that, about certainly the kind of like local comedy scenes. Like everyone really does like want to help each other out. There's not, there's, there's, it's not the compet- the kind of competitiveness that you'd expect initially, or certainly from my experience, I've never really had anyone being being like I don't know. There's like there's definitely a hierarchy within comedy, but you wouldn't know it from the kind of social a- aspect of it and from running gigs. Everyone's really nice and supportive for the most part, anyway. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. I mean, it's just one of them where it's like there's thousands of people doing one thing. There's some people who are dicks. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it always will be. Yeah, but that's it. Most people are just quite sweet with it, and it's like, oh, what do you want to do? So I'm trying to start this night up, and they'll give you advice, which is... Yeah. When I was in Leeds, I remember Toby Jones giving me loads of advice on starting up a show there. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't in the end, because I got offered someone else's gig in York, but it, I was like, oh, I've looked at this venue, I've found it, and he explained why I shouldn't use it. Um issues in the past, issues that I'd have, and other venues I should look at, and it's just about, oh, oh that's nice. <laughs> it's not a, we can't have another one, it was just, yeah, actually, no, no, just, you don't want to work there, because this won't end well for you. Yeah. Where, um, so, like, obviously you started when you were still living in Hartlepool, um, yeah. where, when did you move to Manchester, or like, yeah, so, so with like any relocations, what like were your relocations comedy like? What what was what was that for a com- for a comedy performance reason or something completely separate? So, so first time I'm, I moved from Hartlepool to Leeds for uni. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it was easier to gig. Got to know people that were there. So it was like Barry Dodds was there at the time. Silky, yeah. Pat Devine. Um, that's where I met Sam Gore. I think I might have yeah. known before. Um, yeah, um, so it was like, that was good because it was having people around who like, mm. know what they're doing. Um, me and Pat Devine would gig together loads because he could talk to adults and I could talk to the students. And after every gig, we'd get in a car and explain to each other, like, no, no, you, you can't talk to students like that, Pat. And he'd be like, yeah, and you can't say that to adults. But after every show, until we did one gig together where we both did all right, and we're like, all right, all right, we're learning something. <laughs> After uni, I think I went back to Hartlepool for about three weeks and went, yeah, I've lived in a city, I can't stay here, I didn't really like Leeds, and I've got family in Manchester, so I went, let's go Manchester. Yeah, that makes sense. I either get a Burger King job in Hartlepool or come and work in, I think I worked in a call centre when I first came here, shocker, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> did that, and been stuck here ever since. Ah, uh, fantastic. So, did, did you start running gigs immediately after moving to Manchester, or was there a bit of time? Like... Um, so, when I first moved, because I had the gig in Hartlepool, then yeah. when I moved to Leeds, I was given, I took over two gigs in New York, like one after the other. Okay, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was the uh, the Golden Fleece and then the Black Swan. So, 
we're doing them. I was still, I think I was still running them when I was in Manchester when I first got here. Yeah. And then eventually ended up moving into a pub. So decided, you know, if I live here, might as well run a show here. And there's nothing, there's nothing quite like sitting on your own couch going, I should really go to that gig. It starts in a minute. I'm going down. <laughs> it's a beautiful feeling. Uh, and then, yeah, I became friends with Mark and Stacey at the Monkey, got that one. Yeah. Uh, the guys at Solomon's, or whatever that's changed its name to now, got in touch with us. Saying, yeah. Do you want to come run a show here? Said, yeah, all right. So ended up with uh, Monkey and Solomon's now. Um, oh, sweet. Did, did you do the Joshua Brooks, Brooks ones before that? Oh, uh, yeah. Joshua Brooks was at the same time as The Railway. That was crazy, that show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, How did it? How did you land that one? Um, they got in touch with us, asking us to run a show. Okay, and yeah. So um, we went down, discussed everything that we wanted, and they were like, oh, um, what kind of stuff do you do? And I, I explained how, at that time, it wasn't, you know, I don't want to put on kind of a straight ace comedy night. I, it had to be a bit alternative, because yeah. Saturday night in the city centre, or a Friday yeah. night. Or but we just ended up, it was ridiculous, the names we got on there. I think we had yeah. Simon Munnery. Yeah, Simon Munnery there for the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Simon? Yeah, it was Simon Munnery, Andrew O'Neill, and, and Liam Pickford. Yep. Yeah. That's the yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was in that one. I think I'm in the. I think I'm in the, the picture you've got from that one on on the Trapdoor Facebook page. I mean, so, yeah. some, would, some would say we should update that picture, but <laughs> no, no, leave it. It's great. The blinding photo. It stays up. Um, yeah, because we had uh, we had Andrew O'Neill's tour show there. We had yeah. Eight Face. We had Tony Law. Uh, oh, Charlie nice. Chuck might have been one of my favourites that we had there. Who? Sorry, Charlie Chuck. Oh right. Um, Uncle Peter from Vic and Braves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, person who was running the doors. He asked them to hold his dog because he wasn't allowed his dog in. Can so, um, beautiful. Yeah, so someone, uh, we had to wait outside for Charlie Chuck's entire show whilst uh, he was on to keep an eye on his dog. Fair play to him for actually doing it. That's... <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, no real option, so... <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> if they didn't do that, he wasn't allowed in, he wouldn't have been able to perform. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that, 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 that would have been that would have been a way to cancel a gig. <laughs> Just, just having a small fight with a bouncer, like, please let the dog in. We really yeah. need him to go on stage. <laughs> I need him for the show, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I think that's every... Oh, and um, Beat Adder Festival is the other one I run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, very sensible, quiet weekend of comedy. It's really nice, sensible. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So how, how different, in, ter- in terms of like you comparing, how different is it preparing for your own gigs to other people's gigs? Um, I know that I've got to write new material for my own, so I yeah. try to do it. It's a bastard, it, that, isn't it? I know. It's, <laughs> it's almost as if it's part of the job description. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just one of them where you're like, when it's, when it's your own gig, you just feel it's... Oh, you're never on that edge of, oh, I don't know if I can say this, I don't know how far I can push this, I don't know what I can do. It's very much a, I know exactly what will make you laugh and how to play you. And it's just so much easier to just play off because you already know what they're like, but it doesn't get no newbies or nobody new in the room that emceeing becomes interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know you've been coming for two years, but what have you been up to this week? (laughs) <laughs> what's changed recently <laughs> whereas other people's gigs it's the idea where you go okay I know I've got all of my material in my back pocket if they yeah. you know, if I start fluffing it but, yeah, if you need it yeah yeah but at the same time it's, it's you can talk to anyone and everyone and it's it's the fun bit <laughs> right? just go go and chat with you all and find out how what, what I can do with that and then I'm don't panic because I know I've got gags in the background if it all goes terribly wrong. Nice, yeah, sorted. So um, this is the dumbest question I've ever written, but I, I'm, I'm really curious. So your Edinburgh Hour, Trapdoor, and other gigs, Shag Mary Kill. <laughs> um, Mary Trapdoor, Shag other gigs, Kill my Edinburgh show. <laughs> Why <Done>. is that? <laughs> um, uh, well, because Got a Married Trapdoor, it's essentially my home gig now. It's pretty yeah. much 
gutted. Yeah. Um, Trapdoor can't be your uh, bit on the side. No. Like, I've got to go there every month. Like, it's, no, no, <laughs> um, Sounds like a really laid back marriage. Just like, oh, I've got to see them every month. <laughs> and then, I mean, the fact that. So clingy. The fact, <laughs> the fact that they're so happy with me. Like, I reckon if I told Trapdoor that I had killed my old show, they'd be okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely would. <laughs> yeah, we saw that. We'd have killed it too. <laughs> so, uh, other gigs are, yeah, they're the fun bits. It's just it's going out and playing out. Yeah. What? What? So, so uh, apart from Trapdoor, what are your favourite other types of gigs to play? Like not necessarily specific names, just like you, like kind of rooms that you really like playing. Yeah, a bit drunk, a bit rowdy. Yeah. Uh, it's the reason I really like doing festivals as well because yeah, just have you had a few? Are you a bit overexcited? Not, not like trying to be mean, but just we're here for a laugh, and we've like we're willing to put the work in, as long as you are as well. From an, audi- yeah, yeah. Like an audience, like no, no, we we will we will laugh, but only at the good bits. But we're ready. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> like the kind, yeah, absolutely. The kind of crowd where they are. You just get one thing wrong and they just look at you. Not in a kind of, oh, well, you've upset us now, but just in a kind of, oh, that wasn't very good, was it? Try again. You just, then you'll get the laugh next time. It's just like, I love that kind of crowd who you, who will quite quickly just like go, try again. Okay. <laughs> yes, well done that time. Congratulations. <laughs> I really do like yeah, just Just the kind of like polite bemusement before they like you. It's, 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 it's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of nice and it's definitely, I mean, I've only done like two festival gigs if you count punk festival, which um, I don't really, it wasn't the same atmosphere. Uh, it was fun, but it, yeah, it wasn't the same kind of thing. But certainly when I did 2003s, it was, mm. yeah, it was It was just a really bizarre, like there was whoever the fuck was like playing like like several feet away, drowning <laughs> out. Like like from the audience, you could hear the stand up fine, but the, the, on stage, you couldn't hear the audience at all. So you had no idea whether they were actually enjoying it or not. Um, luckily, I was on during uh, changeover bit, so I was fine. But um, yeah, I think it, Catherine Mava and Simon Lomas might have had to battle with. I think yeah, I think I think Simon Lomas had to battle with um, some like fucking metalcore band in the background, which is like, of, of all the sets, it had to be Simon's. Yeah. Um, one of the slowest fucking like <laughs> I really like the idea of Simon just asking them to turn it down from the stage. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, beautiful. I can't remember who it was last year. The they said hello as Frank Turner strummed the first note of his set uh, and just saw the audience stand up and walk out. Oh, no. oh mate. Oh god. You could never listen to Frank Turner again if that was you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really like Frank, but it's one of them where you like, I could just sit there later watch it. I can't remember who it was, but you just, oh, that's... And it was just the timing. Someone, I don't know if the comedy had slightly gone over or he started slightly early or both. Or, you know, you yeah. just like, this wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think, yeah, the app says hello, and then Frank Turner's like, hello, 2000! Ah, like, oh, come on. Uh, I'm done, <laughs> yep. Right, see you after this. <laughs> was, he, was, was he one of the headliners that, that, that time? Yes. Yeah, so, so the comedy yeah. definitely shouldn't have been going on. <laughs> yeah. A couple more questions, and I think we can round, round up, so um, just some quick ones. Does working other jobs make you appreciate comedy more? Yes. Yeah. Working in call centres, not only do they make you appreciate comedy more, they they make you appreciate anything more. Yeah. Do you want to sit? Do you want to sit in customer services being shouted at for twelve hours? Yeah. What do you want to do afterwards? I'd like to speak for a little bit. (laughs) Uh, On the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Or making friends. Comedy it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely feel like when I when I'm in a situation that I'm not enjoying, sorry, whether that's like I started stand up when I was still in sick form, so I did I did a, I was quite I did a lot of writing then. It wasn't good stuff, but I was writing a lot then. And then when I was working in spoons, I was writing a lot as well because I really didn't enjoy it. But like sort of the more I I find the more I enjoy my job, the harder it is to get me into a writing frame of mind. It I think if you really enjoy it, you've yeah. you find of going oh I could just work hard and work here, and then as soon as you yeah. get to a point where you're like. 
oh, I really, I want to work here, is when you go, I'm going to write new material, I'm going to yeah. set up an online channel, my, my Twitter feed will be better than it's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I've had so many, like, just, 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 like, over the last few months, just had, had so many, like, plans to do various things in the home content wise like um i want to get i want to i want to do my stuff on youtube i want to do um uh, all this stuff i wanted to do streaming at one point despite the fact that i have no idea how to stream and i have not got the equipment to stream I've just got all these ideas for all these series i could do and then i just sit in front of my laptop and and play that uh, google chrome game where when the internet's gone for hours <laughs> eight um eight i'm trying to do anything at the minute to just keep me doing things so okay. yeah um, um, I've been planning a podcast for ages. I've known, known who I'm doing it, with, what it's about. We've done a tr- test run. We're now just changing it, editing it, going to go back to it. So when we're allowed to see each other, we could just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all ready. We're in public. Welcome aboard. Go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we touched it a little bit, but um, I'm curious to know, like, with your crowd work, um, how how long did it take you before you felt comfortable doing that? Was that something that came fairly naturally to you, or did you have to kind of like force yourself into practicing it until you were at that level? Again, pretty bad at it when I first started. I just couldn't do it. Uh, and if the audience weren't laughing, I would in, I'd go. I'd ask a question. I'd try and make a joke. Audience wouldn't laugh, and I'd just be like, "Well, I'll bring an actor, and you you clearly don't want to see me." Blah blah blah. I remember yeah. Chris Brooker pulled me aside at a show, and he was like, "It's not how you do this." Ask a second question, do this, keep your confidence, stop bottling it, and just do your job. <laughs> Essentially, just, just yeah, just enjoy yourself. You don't have to be the funniest. If you've not got anything funny, don't just say anything. Wait, yeah. talk to them until something funny comes up. You say, oh. it, is, it is weird how, like, kind of forget how to have a conversation when you're on stage. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Like, yeah, the, the more I'm thinking about it, it is just, like, I, I can do I can do social... Comp- uh, I, well, apparently not now, but I can do. I, I, I can normally do social interactions and and I can be funny in them. But like the moment when you're kind of abandoning your pre-prepared material to kind of do that on stage, is just you forget how to do that. Yeah. Like, oh, we we could we could do something together. No, I'm just going to point at you and go. Well, that's a terrible place to be from. <laughs> <laughs> so <Next>. close. <laughs> but yeah, literally next to on the line. Your turn. <laughs> Right, I think I talked I talked to Chris Broker. I remember talking to people like Jonathan Mayer and yeah. I'd asked I'd ask Jason Cook about what they like, just little ways of working with people. Just it was always one of them like these people are really good. Uh is that who's doing this really well? I'll watch them, I'll talk to them and see what I can do better. Yeah. Now, the people who know how to do it are really good. They yeah. I still absolutely adore watching Dan Mayton go because it's like he's he's, he's so good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Okay, and uh, one last question. Um, I, I'll, okay, there's, there's a couple of ways I could phrase this. Either what's the best advice you've ever received in terms of your comedy, or if you can't think of anything, what advice would you give a younger you in regards to comedy? Enjoy it and stop being so mean to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Solid. Think, I think the best advice would just be, yeah, like, enjoy it. Because, let's be honest, it is just having a laugh in it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just uh, try hard because you want to make something of it. But do, do remember occasionally we are just having a laugh for a job, yeah. and yeah. and getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, nice one. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we could just do that, I'm all right with it. Remember, remember, we're just having fun. <laughs> it's not about winning. <laughs> oh, that 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 should have been given to me a long time ago, as I cried after nearly every not fully, but very close to tears after losing yeah. every mission I ever ended. Oh no! <laughs> Just oh. Uh, yeah, still not funny. Uh, next competition, after you go. Yeah, still not funny. Out in the <laughs> Have you ever like won won a, a, a competition now? Or no, no, <laughs> valid. Got- Got nominated for best comedy club in 2014. Don't know if I've brought that up before, but <laughs> no, no, you haven't. Please tell us more. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, trap, I mean, I've uh, trapdoor got nominated. It might have been 2013. Um, yeah, I think it was 2014. I don't know. Uh, in the past, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were nominated by a publication who seemed to have forgotten we exist. Uh, <laughs> 
the best comedy club in Manchester. It's very, very nice of them. Um, if they are listening, Trapdoor is still running. It would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> who 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 actually won that year? Uh, it wasn't us, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't give a shit, wasn't it? Check the name. Check the name. Ignored it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you spell trapdoor. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe they listed us as like best best bar or something. <laughs> not a bar. Don't matter. I might have got it wrong. Who knows? Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking wonderful. Uh, and that was Tony Baznet, absolutely wonderful man. I uh, hope you did enjoy this. If you did enjoy this, uh, we will upload these. I, I, I was going to say monthly, but I don't think there will be one next month because we've got a lot of other stuff going on. Next month is, is our birthday month, uh, so that's exciting. Uh, we just upload these as and when. Um, I'm currently working through all the ones we recorded in 2020 to get there out of the way. Uh, and then after that, we will hopefully be returning to doing some of these live on Twitch, um, which you can find on Blizz on uh, twitch.tv forward slash blizzardcomedy, all one word. Uh, we also have a few of these on YouTube, the ones that we recorded live over video, uh, well, live streamed over video. Uh, it was still during pandemic, so we weren't doing them in person, and we probably still won't just because it's kind of easier to do it over Twitch than to try and, like, because some of these people live in all different parts of the country. It, it can be a lot easier to just do it online than have to travel specifically to them. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that's um, where you can find them. Uh, we have loads of clips on our YouTube, um, and you can also support us financially via PayPal, Patreon, uh, and Big Cartel, uh, and also Twitch. Um, we are an entirely pay-what-you-want organization, non-profit, um, so if you just want to see more stuff from us uh all of our money gets reinvested back into the club um so yeah uh, basically the more money you provide us the more cool things we can do the more uh impressive acts we can book and the more shows we can put on and we like doing that so um if you're able to do that we are very very close to our our first patreon goal uh we're about about 106 a month at the minute and i think we want to get to 111 which would pay for pretty much all of our regular administrative fees so any extra money on top of that can just go directly into the acts and all that kind of stuff so if you if you've got a spare couple quid a month that you'd like to go towards some uh, really cool uh really cool comedy uh i'm not selling this well by just calling it really cool comedy <laughs> fucking hell uh yeah if you like this stuff um give us some money and uh, we'd very much appreciate that yeah you can do do so for as little as two pound a month, and you get access to early, uh, early ticket uh, availability, and or and also discounts from our merch store as well. So um, yeah, do 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 that if you are in a position to be able to financially support us, or you can do one-off donations via PayPal, like I said. Or if you can't afford to uh, support us financially, supporting us socially is equally as valuable. Um, you know, the more people who know us, uh, the more people, more money we're gonna get. So yeah, if you just want to shout about how great we are on social media, or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can leave us a review on Facebook which uh, really does does help our reach um, and yeah uh, I've been rambling on for ages uh, for absolutely nothing so I'm gonna stop there so yeah thank you for listening uh, we'll see you again next time bye bye